Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Podcast starring Dave Schilling, Cardinals Boozer, Roy Hibbert, Joey Devine, Thomas Robinson, Chris Kamen. Johnson, Patreons, Victor Flores, thank you Victor, Joe Yoder, thank you Joe, Kelly Dwyer, subscribe to the second arrangement on Substack, special guest, Harrison Fagan, musical guest, Fort Minor, Temporary host of Brown Ball Rock, Joey Devine! Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, the temporary host of your Round Ball Rock podcast, and Sean, Sean Keen, my co-host, America's Uncle Dad. I forgot to intro him correctly there, but I did it. Uh, we have a big announcement to make. Oh, yeah. Um, We are rebranding the podcast as <laughs> Rock. Just rock. Um, just rock. Uh, Sean, this just in, our stock for our podcast has is down uh, 98%, and Ooh. we, now, owe $1, uh, we oh. now owe the government money. Um, oh, no. Yeah. We blew it. <laughs> who, knew, who knew that constantly rebranding your app that people liked 
would cause this big of a problem because what you we... were responsible for little people, big world and not succession. <laughs> um, and you have decided to run your entire company based on that fact. Um, <laughs> uh, Joey, I wanted to announce on the podcast. I have decided that uh, America's uncle dad will be the name of my unreleased comedy album. It's been recorded. Oh. It's in the can. It's coming out. But uh, I have to figure out the uh, album concept art because I'm not totally sure what America's Uncle Dad looks like. I mean, it looks like this, but, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I mean? Um, could be. I don't know. If you have if you have ideas, yeah. tweet at us. Play it in the it. Discord. <laughs> Discord always popping off. Just $3 yeah. a month on Patreon.com slash Brown Rock Pod. Hey, that's now that you mention it, uh, some business <laughs> off the top. Um, <laughs> Round Rock Pod at, on Twit on Elon Musk's Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. uh, defund. He tweeted today, defund at Round Rock Pod. So oh. uh, I- if you wanna, if if you wanna uh, be on the right side of history, you go to <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Round Rock Pod and fund Round Rock Pod. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we would love to be state media, by the yeah, way. Uh, if you're listening, Joe Biden, email us at roundrockpod at gmail.com. Call us on the phone at the number in the description. Buy our T-shirts at the mm-hmm. link in the description, and um. We haven't plugged this in a while, but Sean, we have an album. I always forget. Oh, yeah, we, have we do album. have the album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's an album. You can pay what you want. The link is in the description. Yeah. Um, Sean, you know, speaking have- of the government, Joey, did you know that Kamala Harris used to listen to Round Rock Pod all the time when she was in college? <laughs> I did not. Yeah, she said it was her favorite college podcast. Yeah. She did listen not to Tupac while and Round Rock, Round Ball Rock. Pretty um, <laughs> Uh, we already gonna recorded. Put us in jail. Uh, we already <laughs> recorded most of this episode, and I realized after recording that I forgot to plug something. Oh. I had an actual plug for once. Uh, I'm on the Frogcast this week. Listen to that. Oh yeah. Um, um, write an angry email to Uprocks for laying off our friend Vince Mancini after 16 years. It's ridiculous. Weird. Best movie critic on the internet. <laughs> um, uh, uh, you can also listen to me on the Mad Boosties podcast, which is now um, NBA affiliated. So I think some of the things I said might have had cut. to get cut out. I I pitched a movie that was uh, the New York Knicks in 1985 doing a Ocean's Eleven style heist of the draft envelopes. Mm-hmm. And then I quickly said that David Stern was the Andy Garcia character. And I was like, but he's not rigging the lottery. And I'm like, this is probably not going to make it. This might not I make bet, the cut. I bet I'll get it. I bet I'll make it on the cut. Adam Silver, uh, not big on punishment. Yeah, um, it's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a sternly worded uh, yeah. DM uh, here's- from Russ. <laughs> He is big on being friends with Jared Kushner, though. Did you, did you say that on the podcast on Mad? I did Mixed not Days? mention. I did not mention the Kushner family, so we're probably okay. Well, yeah, you're probably okay. Um, Sean, we've got a, a great guest to talk about last night's play-in game, uh, mm-hmm. among other things. It's from FSB Nation, a veteran of the Lakers blog wars. One, I would say, one of the funniest basketball writers that mm-hmm. that we have right now. Uh, to, uh, Harrison Fagan. Actually, before we get to our interview with Harrison, while we're talking about one of the funniest bloggers, you mentioned him, Kelly Dwyer. 
Oh, yeah. Um, Kelly Dwyer. Well, Don Pardo mentioned him. Well, Don Pardo did. But Kelly Dwyer today in his play and preview for the Chicago Bulls wrote maybe the funniest uh, starting five uh, preview ever. Um, I'm just going to read it so you can see what you're getting when you subscribe to the second arrangement (laughs) in Kelly Dwyer. I was Uh, also inspired by uh, this to to list him at the top. So good. The Chicago Bulls, he says, and lists their starting five uh, and a little blurb for each player. So at center, they have Nikola Vucevic, and he says, talented big man is the reason the Bulls are in the play-in. And then in parentheses says, Chicago can't tank because they traded all their picks for him. (laughs) <laughs> forward DeMar DeRozan always plays terribly in Toronto as a visiting opponent, which is all the fault of ghosts and definitely not the Raptor <laughs> defense. Uh, guard Alex Caruso, good for one quarter of the best defense you've ever seen before he steps on the three-point line and suffers a midfoot sprain. Uh, Zach Levine, finally healthy enough to be the best player, 24-4-4, on a bad team again. (laughs) And then at point guard Patrick Beverly, the Bulls are 13-9 with Pat Bev in the lineup because Patrick Beverly will hit each Chicago Bull personally and in the sternum if the Bulls don't play hard. Um, Subscribe to the second arrangement. Subscribe to Round Ball Rock's Patreon. And uh, here we are with Uh, TSA.substack.com. Oh, yeah. Well, I wasn't going to say that part. They can figure that out. I'll put a link in the description. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say is... People like to vocally hear <laughs> URLs, Joey, because it's 1999. Uh, here we are. Uh, mere minutes ago, we finished recording this with Harrison Fagan talking about the Lakers, talking about the play-in, um, talking about SB Nation commenters. Um, oh, and one one last thing. Uh, vote for, of course, oh, yeah. the Alumni March Madness Championship game. That link is for that Google Doc will be in this description. As do we well. close that voting at the beginning of the NBA playoffs? Sure, we can do yeah. that. We'll give them more, one more week of voting. So you, you've got to do it before the first game tips off. That yeah. will be whatever the least appealing uh, first round matchup is. I mean, I don't know if you can put a time on a Google form, but uh, uh-huh. we'll we'll uh, I'll close I'll close the voting then. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, vote for that. <laughs> the first game's Net Sixers. Yeah, uh, vote for that before Net Sixers. We'll announce it next week. Here we are with Harrison. Uh, we had a really funny chat. I did not get to ask him as much as I wanted to about Freddie Prince beca- Jr. becoming a Los Angeles sports guy. I wanted to, and we got off track. Sorry. We'll have him <laughs> back on to talk to him about that some more. Um, love you. Bye. Bye. We are here with Harrison Fagan from SB Nation to talk everything Lakers um harrison how are you doing you were on the real radio just moments ago is it more of a thrill to be on zoom or on the regular radio so a couple years ago my answer would have been different and i would have just been you know like i would have been like yeah it's the radio it's legacy like i'm I'm excited about but no i'm i'm way more excited to be on with you guys the podcast that i love and as i was telling you have listened to pretty religiously for the last year so um yeah also how much uh, okay so also i can curse on here so this is great on here i without accidentally getting a 
radio station find, which I almost <laughs> did a couple weeks ago. I want. You know ask- why that's such a big deal too? Why? Uh, because there are um, conservative groups who just like wait for someone to swear so they can try to get uh, radio licenses because there's a limited amount and then turn them into uh, like Christian radio. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. You know, somehow that doesn't surprise me. I, w- I was going to go with some, <laughs> there's some puritanical value society watching, you know, listening a, like a watchdog on radio, just seeing if a blogger slip slips up and says shit while quoting someone. Uh, and, you know, they all of a sudden that's how a local LA sports radio station gets taken down. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I actually want to talk to you. You're a uh, Lakers blogging veteran. How long have you been blogging about the Lakers? Since 2012. I, my That's first day was actually time. the day Dwight Howard left the first time. <laughs> well, oh, my God. <laughs> so you've seen um, Laker Nation go through kind of a lot here. My question, it's more this is less Lakers related, I think, and more um, Los Angeles being a weird place related does it ever surprise you when a minor celebrity ends up being not very famous anymore but then like somehow ends up attached to the lakers in a strange way because freddie prince jr has done it jay moore has done it like is there any celebrity that would have that's that would surprise you if suddenly they were lakers nation constantly we we also have you know like Ice Cube son has been yeah, Ice you know Cube like son, a, a, a sh- or actually I shouldn't even I, he he is an actor in his own right now he actually yeah. has been in like multiple <laughs> projects but O'Shea Jackson Jr. is uh, is also you know an influence we we had Halsey for that glorious mm-hmm. you know like the, 2020 the, like, playoff run <laughs> there was uh you know we had Halsey jump in and the Lakers there was like some it was like. I think they won like 10 games in a row when she live tweeted or something like that. It was some <laughs> random stat like that that I was tracking. Although Halsey's not a minor celebrity. I guess Halsey is, you know, a fairly, fairly big celebrity. That wasn't like a clout grab. I think they genuinely just wanted to, you know, tweet basketball games with, you know, other Lakers people and not have their confused fans be like, who the hell is Avita Zubats? Uh, with what happened when uh, they decided to tweet a uh, Christmas Day game. And then, uh, yeah, who else have we uh, who else have we had? Um, yeah, you know, like a number of celebrities, Flea, obviously very, uh, very, very active, um, you know, online and his tweets are hilarious. Uh, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, I guess I hadn't really picked up the trend on people on like lower level celebrities trying to revive their careers by, you know, getting involved with the Lakers. But I I think you may have missed the potentially biggest example of that in, uh, you know, a a, a specific comedian getting engaged to the Lakers owner and then now like putting on (laughs) comedy shows with her. It is it is wild. It is a wild. uh, Well, it's just weird to hear that like Theo Vaughn is uh, an integral part of the Lakers brain trust now. That's. Uh, Um, Sean. Yes. I we we didn't really talk about it, but uh, now that Harrison's brought it up, we should mention. So Jay Moore, of course, we've talked about Jay and Jeannie. Uh, the ballad of Jay and GD has been sung on this podcast so much. Well, but- we actually broke the news of them <laughs> dating on yes, this podcast. Did. did you know that, Harrison? <laughs> I did not realize. I so- thought that that was broken when uh, he was hosting what was originally titled America's Lakers podcast uh, <laughs> on the Lakers official uh, feed. Uh, so 
So our our former um, this used to be a three headed beast. Uh, Dave Schilling, journalist Dave Schilling, uh, was at a Laker game and he saw them. Uh, were they? I don't they know. Were they, they, they were canoodling. They were canoodling. And he weirdly, was like, that was the word I was going to use, and I don't know why that came into my head. I've never used that. <laughs> Uh, but he saw them canoodling and he was like, that's really weird. And then we were podcasting. He was telling the story as the Phil Jackson and Jeannie breaking up story broke. Um, oh, I didn't realize the timing on that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, a shout out to Dave Schilling, the foremost journalist of our time who, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, that and asking magic if he wants to be in Space Jam right after they signed LeBron, you know, yeah. his two greatest journalism <laughs> achievements. Um, <laughs> I would love to see. I wish Magic Johnson had just his Twitter had just been in Space Jam, just watching that. Like, <laughs> congratulations to LeBron's nerd son for enjoying a good game. And it would have been Shout a day out to everybody at Sony for a wonderful luncheon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but Sean, what I wanted to mention is the so Jeannie Bus put on Instagram her doing stand-up. We're not going to talk about it. It was fine for someone who is a not a stand-up. Did she do the Barbie joke? She did do the Barbie joke. Okay, yeah. But she was opening for Jay Moore. She's weirdly holding a bouquet of roses the entire time she's doing stand-up because her brother, this is what I want to talk about. We've. I uh-huh. don't remember which one it is. <laughs> Owns the ice house in Pasadena now. Um, so my question, Sean, is uh, will you be performing at the ice house anytime soon? Um, I mean, are you going to yeah, go uh, out of your way to book shows at the ice house now? Um, I would like to. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's look, it's Pasadena's <laughs> best comedy club. It's the so, Lakers official comedy club. I, I, I learned that. And uh, <laughs> is that I mean, actually I a thing? Yes, that's what. Oh, I did not realize. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the official comedy club of the Lakers, which is kind of sad because uh, Metal World Peace did a bunch of shows at the improv. It's true. Yeah. So, you know, I bet. Uh, I don't know. Like, like, is there a Laker? who would do the show past or present well i'm trying i mean obviously shaq's too much of a a get he has a comedy background well he's hiding shaq is also currently hiding from process i I don't understand how they can't find him it's it makes no sense by the way tv for five hours last night (laughs) supposedly they had a process server come to his house like two days after he had a hip replacement again he he had a hip replacement and uh they they just said uh, someone at the gates like you missed him. He fled to the Bahamas, <laughs> which to me said that a process server is very easy to deter. So yeah, he's, yeah, I mean, he's held up do? the they're entire not... class action lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, they're not an officer of the law, as far as my understanding of the law. It's not like no. they can like just kick down your door and come in and serve you. So Shaq just has figured out that if he just stays in places with security guards around him, he can never be sued. He just yeah. like and I assume I also assume the hip replacement surgery was from crashing into the Christmas tree. The Christmas on the tree. tree. He said too many times. It was nothing even basketball related. He just I, I also am surprised that he's not taking company time to heal since he was injured. You know, <laughs> he's like, guys, I had to get my hip replaced because, you know, uh, Kenny keeps knocking me into this Christmas tree. Yeah. I mean, Kenny has terrible knees too. Like they need to stop running to the board. 
one of them is going to die and it's going to be like a very sad ending to like this ad. that's how Draymond Green like retires and gets that spot yeah yeah they, they're just like oh Shaq hit his head <laughs> everyone's laughing underdog everyone's laughing and then they're like okay but and then they zoom in and there's blood coming out of his ear the technical difficulties sign yeah. comes up on the on the screen oh. all right we should probably talk about um our top news story right that's yes. what we should do here guys mm-hmm. all right let's play let's play the drop can i find the drop it's always a fun game <laughs> can joey find the... here it is <laughs> This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news. For humans and robots. Trust the process. All right, Sean, what's our top story? Our top story is we got wizard beef. Yes, we're not talking about Grindelwald or Draco Malfoy or Merlin and Mad Madam Mim. No, we're talking about... Spencer Dinwiddie versus Kyle Kuzma. Wow. Yeah. Did did, uh, did Kuzma buy some bad crypto from Spencer? Is that what happened here? No, it's uh, <laughs> it's Spencer Dinwiddie uh, went on FanDuel TV, uh, not a sponsor of ours. Uh, we're. I don't know. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh I don't know that Spencer Dinwiddie has been continually talking trash about his former teammate, Kyle Kuzma, uh, who was not his teammate very long for how intense this beef is, by the way. Uh, I mean, right. Wasn't Dinwiddie on the Wizards for like half a season before he got traded for Przingis? Yeah, it was not very long. But yeah. Um, So it says uh, he one quote I found was that he said, you're probably not even a third star really on a good team because if you were, the Lakers probably would have kept you. Mm-hmm. Burn. Now, Which is admittedly like sort of like a decent burn. You know, it was it, not, is a it wasn't burn. bad. Yeah. yeah. Although he is also talking about uh, what's generally regarded as the worst NBA trade in the last like five years, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so... <laughs> In a way, it's not like, well, I mean, the the genius, uh, I mean, it wasn't even like a Rob Palenka trade. Didn't didn't LeBron and Rich well, Paul basically get it done? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, the way it has been, I think, portrayed in the media is that like LeBron and AD stormed the Lakers offices, locked Rob and Kurt Rambis in a closet and then faxed through the Russell Westbrook trade. I, I, Rob, Rob was interested in the Russell Westbrook experience. You can tell because Rob is, you know, we were talking about people trying to attach themselves to the Lakers and make their name brand uh-huh. off the Lakers. Rob is very much aware. It, Rob's a political animal and Rob is generally only around or in the background of videos or broadcasts when you know the Lakers things are going well it's amazing I don't know that I saw Rob on TV a single time until the trade deadline this year when all of a sudden now he's in the background of like Darvin Ham post-game pump-up speech videos uh-huh. that the Lakers are putting out last night after the Lakers had secured the game all of a sudden we have a shot of Rob Palinka in the tunnel I assume he was like waiting there like yeah. it was like Groundhog Day to pop out like once they were done and he's like look at look at these trades that I made that uh-huh. uh, Rob did it look at Rob Palinka. Like, what a weird place to stand. He wasn't in a seat or anything, like, the whole game? No, he generally is in the tunnel down there and, like, yeah. behind the bench. Which yeah, is that's, like, his normal Bob Myers sometimes does. Um, I don't understand. 
You know who's also always in the Warriors tunnel is Mike Dunleavy Jr. And do you know who I get dis- disappointed in every time I see him? Mike Dunleavy Jr. But that's for yeah, he's, another time. He's trying to stay um, out of the sight of the fans, basically. I should say we mentioned fan duels, so of course I have to say... Uh, Arizona, if you have a problem, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Uh, Illinois or Indiana, 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. Uh, Maryland, 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, New York, dial 8778-HOPE-NY. Uh, or the Tennessee red line if you're in Tennessee. Those no. are just the ones You need to read that faster, actually. Yeah. I'm, because now I'm distressed. Be, you're not, you're not ashamed in. of yourself enough. And, and, and there also needs to be, like, ambient music behind me yeah, while yeah. I read it for six straight minutes. <laughs> yeah, so um, I, I think yeah. I, I just – to take us back to the beef of the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, was, yeah sorry. I was doing some digging, uh, like, around my set uh, – because I vaguely remembered them having a back and forth earlier this year. It was back in January, and okay. it was – Spencer Dinwiddie after the Mavs lost to the Wizards he said for them it's a showcase they're over there trying to get paid not trying to play winning basketball for a team that has real aspirations and has an MVP went to the conference finals last year we have to be better man and Kuz quote tweeted a reporter who tweeted out that quote and just said the funny thing is they don't play winning basketball which again point (laughs) Kuz wasn't really wrong at that point uh, uh, or at any point about the Mavericks yeah, that's pretty And so good, FanDuel Kuz. TV, Michelle Beadle, brought this tweet up yes. on their show that they're doing with Spencer Dinwiddie for some reason today. <laughs> and then he went on like a two-minute monologue about how like Koo sucks. And so Koo's did a six-part thread in response. Yeah, the just 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 for the record, uh both of those, both of their teams finished in 11th place in their conferences. Uh the Mavs were three games better at 38 and 44 to the Wizards 35 and 47. I would also say to me it's an it's an intriguing player uh argument beef, quote unquote, uh sponsored by Netflix. Um because, <laughs> uh, because if I had to pick the NBA's breakfast club. Like, not the morning show, the John Hughes movie. Right, right, right. These would be two of the five people I would choose to be in it. Like, Are you one's saying a this crypto is... nerd, one's like, a, <laughs> one's like a bully, but also a fashion guy. <laughs> like, yeah, so like you would say the, that... One is the... <laughs> Go ahead, well, Sean. I'm just saying Spencer Dinwiddie's Anthony Michael Hall. Yes. And... Uh, Emilio Estevez is Kyle Kuzma, or is he Judd Nelson? Yeah, I think he might be Judd Nelson. Yeah, he's like more attitude than like athletic prowess. Yeah, I, just because. Okay, look, if they were gonna remake the <laughs> Breakfast Club right now, uh-huh. don't you think Pete Davidson would play Judd Nelson? Yeah, that, and it, Kyle yeah. Kuzma is the NBA's Pete Davidson. I've said it multiple <laughs> like, times. On like this a show. community college <laughs> detention yeah. somehow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say Pete Davidson playing a high schooler might be a stretch at this point. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> you can't you can't I mean, look, you may they be de- a fan they of- have the Marvel technology, they de-age <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. Just to- <laughs> Like half the budget of the movie is just de-aging Pete Davidson it's just for, this, for this role. Tattoos, so he looks eighteen. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no, I'm 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 just glad that the world is getting to see that Coos is actually pretty like funny, you know, online yeah. online more so, and that this has uh, gotten some attention. But yeah, this is this is going to eventually be the saddest episode of SB Nation's beef history of all time. <laughs> uh, just, we got eleven seed beef. These two guys that kind of these two role players who have kind of bounced around the NBA or, you know, in Dinwiddie's case, been bounced around like a basketball, as Koo said. Yeah. Uh, you so know. here we're going to we're going to give you Kyle's response here. So he says, OK, so I'm so famous. This is a this is a seven tweet thread. Oh, great. Uh, since I'm so famous, FanDuel TV and Spencer Dinwiddie, let me give you all some clout. I'm usually unbothered but things by things on the internet, but I will not allow this delusional guy to continue to talk about my teammates and I. Here's a can thread. I can I stop you for yeah, a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is a blatant lie that Coos is usually unbothered by things on the internet. Coos is more likely to respond to things on the internet than maybe any other NBA player right now. I Coos once quote tweeted and dunked on me for saying that he was smart to time his offseason workouts for at the right as the Lakers draft workouts are getting out. And so the media is there and can take video of him being uh-huh. in the gym all summer. And he quote tweet dunked on it and had my mentions in hell for like three days <laughs> of uh, I don't do anything for cameras. Uh, yeah, oh, like, I don't do anything from cameras. The most Instagrammable man in the NBA. Like I say that as someone who loves Coos and thinks he is hilarious, but that the first tweet, thread, come on, man, you care about things on the internet. Yeah. Also, this is sort of, I mean, it is something on the internet, but it's basically a TV show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like this is it's usually when you TV say consider, things, I know they call themselves TV. Are they on TV though? No, no, no. But usually okay. when you say like things on the yeah, internet, they're on it's the like same channels comments and, and stadium are on. Yeah. No, I mean, I know it's not really, but it's like things on the internet. Usually they mean like comments and posts. This is like, yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, then he wrote, Insecurity is loud with a question mark, which is a shout out to Draymond Green quoting <laughs> Rudy Gobert after he punched Jordan Poole, which Draymond Green apparently just had waiting bookmarked to throw back into space when he punched Kyle Anderson. Uh, mm-hmm. he, then he then he goes to uh, the Wizards and I have so much real estate on Din Shitty Island. <laughs> <laughs> This guy got signed for a team 60 MS. I guess that's for 60 million and was yeah. traded before the following season was over. Uh, startled and embarrassed emoji in parentheses. Kuz also, it should be noted, was traded before his extension with the Lakers kicked in, uh, I believe. But mm-hmm. um, not quite the same thing. Yeah. This, um, wait, hold on. This just in. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie has released a documentary about this incident. Uh, here's a oh. clip. If you want me to be honest with you, I still don't know how much the world may think it blew up. Sparked by the leak of the video, the incident did blow up. It went viral. Ooh. Oh, wow. it, it did go viral. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I didn't realize Draymond had already issued comments on Sean's Golden State of Mind blog on his uh, own of Rudy Gobert earlier this week. <laughs> That's he true. Did. You know, I, he's going to be mad because uh, tomorrow... Just just hyping this up. Well, oh, well, it might. Anyway, Thursday, I will be publishing uh, an exhaustive rating of all of Draymond Green's 17 technicals from the 2022-23 season uh, <laughs> rated on a Mr. T scale of uh, fool's pity for each one. So um, look Sean, out for that, everybody. Yes. Do you throw in randomly the worst technical of the year that was not even by Draymond Green for the Golden State Warriors? 
where Steph Curry got thrown out of uh, the fourth quarter of a game because he was so mad at Jordan Poole, he threw his own mouthpiece. Never forget. <laughs> I mean, I have written about that before. You know, I think I've made my feelings about uh, his uh, mouthpiece handling. It's true. I have more of a tolerance for Sean. Uh, I mean, for Steph touching. His he didn't. He didn't need. He didn't need to throw it every second. I'm like, why is happens. he? It's it a shared basketball. Disgusting. It's a shared <laughs> basketball. No one consents to basic. So basically, every time you dribble a ball against the Warriors, you're basically sticking your hand inside Steph Curry's mouth. And I don't think you should have to do that. Look, not to defend Rudy Gobert, uh, because I'm not going to. Uh, like NBA teams, I'm going to choose to opt out of that assignment. Yeah. But um, yeah, like, uh, you know, Steph, what Steph does every single game with his mouth guard is grosser than the Rudy uh, inventing COVID with uh, the by touching the reporter's microphones. Yeah. Is it grosser than Steve Nash, who would literally just lick his hands? dribbling and then high the... five everyone? Yeah, 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 that, yeah. Uh, Steve Nash, definitely grosser. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, so we, back to Dinwiddie and Curry. Yeah, he's gonna Curry's gonna give everyone a thrush. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, number two. What in the world have you won in this league? Lol. You've been bounced around like a basketball, my boy. Three crying emojis. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these are the two. Those are the two lines he really worked on. I think actually Neil Brennan might have written one of these tweets for him. I mean, obviously <laughs> he has a connection to the comedy store from his time there. Okay. Uh, Number three, you can thank KD and Kyrie for spearheading 34 wins before the All-Star break, 11 and 13 after the break for your playoffs. Uh, Laughing sideways crying emoji. He's really laughing at that one. Uh, He's he's emoji versatility from Coos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Number four, second option, three question marks. More like second point guard. Lowell, my man, I watched you for two months at the end of your Wizards tenure, parentheses, being the second option. Average eight, four, and four. Sounds good, but glad you're hooping now. Exclamation point. Number five. And yup, I got a bag coming. Praying hands. Stop hating Lowell. And last but not least, number six. The only way you'll ever be worth your contract is if the NBA finally gives you your wish of getting paid in crypto. Check the markets. Market going down emoji. Enjoy the clicks. Go at Sixers. I mean, I love I love a... Uh... Uh, making fun of someone for being into crypto. So, mm-hmm. I think Spencer God, Dinwiddie I, honestly, did the first actually NBA get paid in crypto <laughs> at least a little bit because he lost a lot of money. I, I think what Kuz was trying to uh, get was trying to reference was when Dinwiddie tried to let fans invest in him via crypto yeah. of his contract via a very confusingly worded Shams report uh, that the NBA was like, no, that's like legally not allowed. You right. can't do that because yeah, it's not money. That's the thing. Yeah. Like crypto is sort of fundamentally illegal because this is weird, but you're not allowed to print your own currency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's something that the government actually has a monopoly. In. Although Kuz, I think it does get bonus points again with me for being the first NBA player I can recall to roast someone over crypto. Like I said, yeah. I haven't I don't know that I've seen it. Like I've seen way more NBA players buy into it than uh, than, you know, make fun of the crypto market. So, yeah. Um, I will say I do think the the his Kuzma's playoff argument is a little strange, <laughs> uh, considering um, he's never made the playoffs without being on the team of the greatest player of all time. <laughs> How dare you? Kuz was wow. an integral. Kuz was... is great. 
I love Sir, Kuz. Sixth I'm, or seventh best player on yeah, that team. That Joey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you're that, that you got to use a koozie when you when you sip the haterade like that, Joey. Yeah, I mean, all I know is Spencer Dinwiddie's going to be uh, shooting back when the Wizards make the playoffs next year on the back of Corey Kispert. And, uh, and but yeah, I mean, uh, look, Kyle Kuzma has a ring. You can, yeah. <laughs> you can sing when you're winning. Um, wow. should we talk about last night's play in game? Yes, we should, baby. I was trying to avoid it for as long as possible. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So we have some, we have a couple questions. Uh, well, the first one is, I think we'll save that second thing I have here. But the first question is, does Tuesday's result mean that the Los Angeles Lakers are winning the NBA title? <laughs> you know, it's hard to argue against that. I yeah. think, uh, you know, the the Lakers, they showed that they can win when they play like absolute dog shit for, you know, three hours mm-hmm. and they can, you know, that there it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if Austin Reeves has the worst game of his NBA career. It doesn't matter if De- D'Angelo Russell completely disappears and seemingly forgets how to play basketball for the entire game, leading to him being benched for all but like two seconds of the fourth quarter where he came in for like a last second, you know, floor spacing option on that Dennis shot. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter if LeBron doesn't play defense. It doesn't matter if Anthony Davis fouls Mike Conley in the worst possible opportunity. <laughs> the Lakers are going to win because they have enough talent and in depth in that, you know, they got Dennis Schroeder to go off off the bench playing on a bum ankle that I thought was mm-hmm. going to keep him out of the game when he yeah. injured it. You know, they they have Rui Hachimura to hit timely shots and, you know, play physical defense. This is, you know, this is the deepest team in the West, I, I think. I, yeah. I, I think I've, I rest my case. Yeah, I think, look, I don't have any objections yeah, to definitely that. Definitely the deepest team in the West has to sign Tristan Thompson on the last day of the season. That is for sure. That was okay. Well, Uh, well, that's my second question is should the Lakers have given Tristan Thompson more run in this game? Could they have avoided overtime? Yeah, you know, you're it's surprising they didn't check him in to, to stop the Kyle Anderson at the five minutes uh, just for yeah. some, you know, physical <laughs> defense stuff. Like, Yeah, the Tristan Thompson thing was confusing to me, but I guess it's like I, the mindset is like LeBron wants one more guy to hang out with, you know, yeah. on the road. Mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. to like go run and get stuff for him. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> and well, like they, as like a bodyguard enforcer as well, uh, you know, and just, you know, getting an extra clutch distraction check. for someone cheating on it, like. For uh, LeBron's, it's having Tristan Thompson around for LeBron is always good because um, he can do something really, really embarrassing. But TMZ will be reporting on Tristan Thompson cheating on his wife. Yeah. So I mean, no one will pay attention. (laughs) He provides a couple of things like the the Lakers made a bunch of moves to get younger and fresher. But unfortunately, those people were not born in the 1980s. And Tristan Thompson I think was actually born in 1990, but, uh, you know, that, that's close enough that he can. He has old man energy. Yeah, yeah. he can. LeBron, he, he'll like, yeah, exactly. He, he seemed old since he was young. Uh, there's a chance that the Kardashians come to the games. And I don't think the Lakers had anyone else who had been on the Cleveland Cavaliers before before this move. And that's currently they, on the team. No, currently. Yeah. 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 And they they need that. LeBron needs a former teammate, you know. <laughs> so, 
I'm uh, I'm half convinced that they signed Tristan Thompson just to fight Dylan Brooks if it comes to it. Like if he yeah. is, you know, it's like it's the it, it's the um oh what what I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Jawan, it's the Jawan Howard roster spot where you know Lance Stevenson's being a little annoying. You know, Dylan Brooks is being a little annoying. It's like you know it, it's something to go fight him in the tunnel and see if you can get him suspended. Uh, you know, for uh, for a game or something. You know, that's what Tristan Thompson's there for. Well, you know. They could have just hired Jerry Stackhouse to be their coach, and then they wouldn't have to sign Tristan Thompson. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, look, it, it, the choice was out there. Okay. Um, so. Was that one was, of the dumbest games in NBA history? That's my question. Yeah. Yes. By far, yes. That was – that that game took – decades off of my life uh having to watch that and you know like i i love the play even as someone whose team has participated in two completely nauseating to watch uh play in mm-hmm. victories like this is why the nba did the play in like not only has it made the end of the regular season more competitive but you have these insane almost march madness s games where teams actually look like college teams because everyone forgets how to shoot and everyone's you know mm-hmm. the 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 sphincters are tightened and uh just like y- y- everybody seems like they forgot how to shoot a basketball it was you know just a weird weirdly officiated game where the ref seemed to change from minute to minute whether or not they were letting them play or if they were calling moving screens like it was yeah. just extremely yeah, that, or travels you know they were calling travels, nowhere but, yeah <laughs> You could like headbutt someone at the rim and they're like, you know what, play on. Uh, yeah. But if, you know, if, if someone travels or, you know, you try to get a loose ball, that's a foul call. Um, yeah, it was it was all over the place. And uh, I was glad we had uh, Reggie Miller there guiding us through those situations. <laughs> <laughs> like having a Gene Steratore right there with the rules expert, Reggie Miller. Uh, it was really incredible. And um, I mean. I will say, okay, it the last night's playing games just in general made me really respect Mike Conley and Kyle Lowry. I'm like, oh, these guys are just these are just dogs. They get it done. They're and play then, forever. and the opposite feeling uh, was how I felt about Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. Like. Just just maybe demand the ball a couple times. It was so funny. Austin Reeves was guarding him. <laughs> Charles I mean, Barkley, look, look, no Charles disrespect. Uh, Austin, Caruso Austin Reeves Jr. put him in the cat crate. He's like, <laughs> no, cat, I, I'm, I'm putting you in there and you're traveling back to Minnesota. Sorry, you're you're done. Charles Barkley. You're in the cat box. Who, again, always says, you know, some of the funniest things ever. Last <laughs> night. Uh, they showed a highlight of Carl Anthony Towns driving to the basket, and Kenny said, see, this is what I thought they should have done more. He should have done more of the game is go to the hoop. And then Charles Barkley said, why? That's It's just good basketball to take a step back jumper when Austin Reeves is on you and you're 7-2. <laughs> To answer your earlier question about like who needs to perform at the ice box, like they yeah. need to get Charles Barkley to come there and just speak extemporaneously for yes. two hours, you know, <laughs> just like talk about his life, his weird friendships, you uh-huh. know, what wh- what he does with hotel soap, you know, all this stuff, and it'll just be like one of the greatest comedy shows they've ever hosted. I mean, that's that's what Chappelle does basically. He just like takes yeah. questions and sit. You can sit. You can sit if you're famous enough. You don't standing stand up comedy doesn't require Chef to stand necessarily. Yeah. Oh man, that uh I gotta say, and Anthony Edwards just hurt his shoulder, right? 
Am I am I wrong about that? Like uh, so I hadn't actually put that together until this I didn't morning. Realize I didn't realize that until the game was over. That. Yeah. But it actually does make more sense, like why he would look so tentative and off. Like he did land like almost on his neck. It was a yeah. horrifying play. And I just didn't make the connection that it might have affected his shot moving forward. But yeah, it also seemed like the Lakers game plan was sort of, you know, we got to make a choice on what we're willing to give up. And we are willing to give up Anthony Edwards threes. We're going to sort of, you know, drop back on these and yeah. Let him take them because we don't want him going to the rim where and getting either Anthony Davis in foul trouble or, you know, God forbid, like if when Gabriel or LeBron is back there and you're just giving up, you know, either dunks or fouls and stuff like that. So I, I do think that that was partially game plan related. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, where does oh. Dennis Schroeder rank on most important Lakers of all time now? <laughs> He's up there. Well, actually, it's, it's important is an interesting word because he his just completely mind-boggling decision in retrospect to turn down 84 million may have actually ruined the Lakers for two years. <laughs> yeah, because that's why. Right. <laughs> it really seems like it. If he had not, if he had taken that contract, they don't make the Russ move. They mm -hmm. probably run back that team from 2021 that was good. It was just banged up because they had yeah. like two weeks of rest before the NBA season started. <laughs> um, you know, they they keep that group together and all of a sudden, you know, they maybe aren't in the play-in game this year. They're a top six seed in this like, you know, mediocre West. And yeah, and then he comes back, you know, to a year later or so and is one of the best veterans minimum signings in history, kind of given mm -hmm. the stakes <laughs> of that, like winning you a play in game is more than you usually get from a minimum guy. And he's had a few games like that this year where he earlier on in the year, he allowed them to bench Russ, you know, when he didn't have it going because you had sort of a semi capable alternative. And, you know, again, down the stretch, there have been multiple games where having a guy that is that somewhat qualified and talented as a guard option has helped them out when, you know, Malik Beasley can't hit a single shot or, mm -hmm. you know, Austin Reeves doesn't have it, have it going or whatever it may be. Like Dennis has been great and he's become a Lakers fan scapegoat because Darvin Ham may love him a little too much. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Darvin mm -hmm. Ham, you could tell was like kind of, we were joking. He was excited when D'Lo didn't have it going because it meant he could bench him <laughs> for his favorite player in NBA yeah. history. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of a love affair there that is maybe be going to be toxic for the Lakers chances in some matchups but um you know I like Dennis he's he, he's certainly you know I don't know top 10 most important Lakers in history mm -hmm. well, yeah that's that's, that's amazing it's kind of crazy <laughs> that uh for people that don't think that uh international basketball matters Dennis Schroeder would not be on the Lakers without showing out for the nation of Germany uh last summer Right. No, what I heard was that their like plan, yeah. their plan was to sign him late. They were monitoring him as someone to sign later, but he played so well at Eurobasket that they're like, someone else is going to well, sign we have to him. lock him we, in now. We have to add a 15th point guard to this roster, you know? Uh, okay. Um, related, um, did, because he's one of the most important Lakers of all time, did Anthony Davis foul Mike Conley be out of jealousy towards Dennis Schroeder so he wouldn't get the game winner so I'm not like I, I don't want to be like the NBA is rigged or whatever guy certainly not as someone who roots for the Lakers or anything like that but like I'm not positive that was a foul but AD also should have known better than to be anywhere near Mike Conley mm -hmm. on that because possession. he's made that sort of mistake before in big yes games. he has he's lost <laughs> the Lakers multiple games in the fourth quarter this year with just like like completely 
con confusing decisions to contest shots and foul guys late and, you know, all, uh, stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, AD, again, most important defender on the Lakers, their best defensive player. But, um, yeah, makes some confusing decisions at times. I don't think that one was out of jealousy, but you could tell that AD knew he messed up because he interrupted LeBron's postgame interview uh -huh. to apologize to the fans <laughs> on yeah. TNT. Uh, so, yeah, it was actually not even LeBron's interview. It was Dennis Schroeder's. LeBron was just standing there. Do you, yeah, uh, do you think that that was De they asked for Dennis and LeBron just walked over out of habit? He's like, I, I, I mean, so. my team won. Yes. Yeah, he's like, I'm doing this interview. He's like, I'm, yeah. I'm here. What are, what are we talking about? And, and Schroeder's like, I okay, I want to come back yeah. next year. I, I know, yeah, this is fine, buddy. Somehow yeah. not the best Dennis postgame interview moment. The best one was when he did an interview earlier this year after coming back from an ankle injury and he held his newborn son with the newborn baby headphones on uh, for the entire postgame interview with Spectrum Sportsnet's Mike Trudell and, uh, you know, just answered. And so, yeah, he's Dennis, you know, single father, you know, doing it all. There's one That's way amazing. to top it. Uh, Lakers reporters, someone at postgame this year before the playoffs are over, needs to hand him a skateboard and ask him to do a 50-50 grind Ooh. as his uh, final. Uh, I think he could. I think he he's a big skateboarder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty. Imagine yeah. if he enters his like final, like if the Lakers make the finals, you know, they have like the big, you know, stages and, you know, all the huge <laughs> media availabilities in the auxiliary rooms. Imagine if like Dennis just like grinds in down a stairway on his skateboarder, mm -hmm. his skateboard, you know, does a kickflip, whatever rolls over and then uh and then trips over the chair and like injures his ankle and is out for the series um so, uh but he lies about it like vladimir Rodmanovich. Yeah. um oh yeah. my god yeah it was incredible <laughs> the lakers <laughs> void his contract because his veteran <laughs> contract they're like we gotta pay tristan thompson i'm sorry dennis we yeah. had to <laughs> you yeah, want us to play in but we can't we can't let this go this is an easy savings coupon for us do you do you remember um i found the clip of uh LeBron from uh, it was the first game against Detroit in the conference finals that the Cavs ended up winning when on the last play of the game, it was very similar to this where LeBron drove and got triple teamed and he threw it to a wide open Danielle Marshall. Mm -hmm. And we had like a month of takes about how LeBron was a coward. Yes. Yeah. And I then, think about that all the time, actually. And then in like one of the games of the series, he just shot the ball himself like 15 straight possessions. Yeah. And just like drove on the Pistons over and over again. It's so weird because here it was like, yeah, obviously uh, he threw to a guy who was actually so open that LeBron was the closest guy to him when he released the ball. Uh, well, anyway, I actually no basketball discourse has evolved. We no, didn't. I was thinking about that. A clown fraud night. coward for that. Yeah. I I was actually thinking about that last night and how to me that's actually where you can point at like how lebron has changed the nba where mm -hmm. although uh, actually we shouldn't give the nba media too much credit because if dennis had missed that that definitely would have been a storyline yeah it's, yeah that's actually that might be the only difference is that daniel yeah, dennis made it that's that's the only thing <laughs> yeah that, that that actually uh dennis schroeder is a man and daniel marshall's a fraud actually <laughs> what would you what would they be what would the hashtag be like don smell Marsh it. I don't know. <laughs> well, now we have the explicit tag. I'm sorry. Joey, edit that out. Um, okay. One more question just about this game. Um, has there ever been a team going into the postseason with worse momentum than the Minnesota Timberwolves did? 
No, I, I'm going to go ahead and say no. I feel like, uh, you know, I followed the NBA for a long time, obviously, as you guys have as well. I cannot remember an NBA team going into the postseason. They already had an injury to like their uh, one of their most important backup centers. And then they're arguably their best <laughs> defensive player breaks his hand punching a wall. And mm-hmm. that's somehow mm-hmm. the less talked about punch from yeah. their final game of the season. Y- yeah, it's just wild. Like, I mean, to be fair, and- that punch did mean Torian Prince got to play more minutes, which almost won them this game. Basketball <laughs> IQ, baby. He, he knew. He knew who the matchup against LeBron was going to be. He took one for the team. Well, and he finally got to shove Rudy Gobert, like, after six months of this. And I think that fueled him to his uh, almost amazing shooting performance, except he blew the last shot because uh just doesn't have it guys mm. he's uh, he's a prince not a king how has no one said that before how, oh man how Tweet did that I right now joey disappointed that. kevin parlin did not drop that when he missed that would have been one of the most savage broadcasting calls of all time um the other thing is um I, I was reading that the Minnesota Timberwolves had to suspend Rudy Gobert for a game for punching his teammate. It gave them the best chance to almost win this game. If you're ranking, if you're ranking like NBA, you know, moments, the play in game objectively much less important than Draymond being there for ring night. OK, there's, there's things that matter in the NBA where you have to stand on your print. No, I mean, I, I, I wanted to say this, like, I think it just show, I saw someone point this out and I forget who it was. So I forgive me. But like, you know, I think it does show that the Timberwolves locker room must not love Rudy Gobert, because if this was like, you know, if this was like a beloved player on the mm-hmm. team mm-hmm. there's no way they're getting suspended for a must-win game no. or like if all the players in the locker room like if anthony davis you know anthony davis last year got into a fight with dwight howard on the bench anthony davis did not get suspended because you know the lakers teammates were not like screw this guy like he needs to yeah. be like we have a better shot anyway without him <laughs> and rudy gobert immediately apologized they were talking about how it was good stuff but i think you know did you hear that audio from kyle anderson uh, where he said it is what it is like three times <laughs> no he that some staff oh the like, leaked record. audio yes. yeah 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 yeah. the leaked I audio heard the he... leaked audio yet what is what I, I read a transcript it? of it i didn't hear it i think it got deleted before i got the chance <laughs> yeah uh but basically he's just saying like the organization needs to make a choice like like clearly it was like this guy has been a problem forever mm-hmm. and so I mean, keep playing the Joe Rogan podcast at full volume in the locker room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that was a bad sign that the other thing that was great was that there was a quote uh, from Rudy about what a great teammate Kyle Anderson is and that he sometimes he tells you exactly what it is. And it came out like two hours before that game started. (laughs) No, it was it was the reporter was doing a feature on Kyle Anderson's leadership moment. Yeah, at that that time. And he's (laughs) like, this is what Rudy told me like a day ago about (laughs) Kyle Anderson. And it was basically like it was a really politically correct way of saying like he's really mean to me, but sometimes he's right. Um, okay. Um, let's so, well, talk. I Greek- actually okay, want to, okay, I want to talk about the, the next play in game real quick before we get to let's, uh, what do you guys think the chances of the Minnesota Timberwolves moving on are? <laughs> um, still think. Okay. Yeah. Like it's still it's, pretty good. It's more just because the Pelicans and thunder don't really move me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what if I told you they are going to be playing Rudy Gobert? Ooh. 
yeah. Um, yeah, then it's tougher. You know, it's... <laughs> He's I mean, not suspended fun- anymore. <laughs> okay, the funniest outcome is the Thunder winning two games and getting yes. the eighth seed, I think. because uh, That is what I'm rooting for because, and- obviously. Um, right. Are you kidding me? Where are we at in society today? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm Josh Giddy. Um, that's why <laughs> it's Josh Giddy. Yeah, uh, I also think that nothing would be funnier than the Minnesota Timberwolves trading a decade's worth of draft picks when they already had two centers on the roster and then losing in the plan to a team that literally does not have a center on the roster, mm-hmm. the Oklahoma City Thunder. And possibly I mean, I trading a better center for Rudy Gobert. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of the deal. <laughs> Yeah, they're going to yeah, lose no, Walker Kessler and Nas Reed as a result <laughs> of that move. I, I hope he's back just so that we could see Josh Giddy take him to the triple threat court. Oh, you know, come on. That's, uh, I, mean, I love I gotta, it. I love I gotta, this idea. I got to play that drop now, too, don't yeah. I? <laughs> um, <laughs> I apologize, everyone. Yeah. Let's hit the triple threat courts to see what's new. Um, You know what I was just thinking? We brought up uh, Rudy Gobert talking about Joe Rogan. Uh, listening to Joe Rogan religiously, which we know he does, which it never hit me before. But now I'm just realizing that means Rudy Gobert knows who Duncan Trussell is. That's really weird. I mean, right. he was I he don't was even at, know he was at is. the mothership this week in Austin, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> he went to the club. He's not just a podcast listener. He's an IRL Rogie. What do they do? Does Joe Rogan have a name for his fans? I don't know. Rogan, I have no Rogers. idea. But Rudy being in the background of like the Rogan Trump Kid Rock photo <laughs> would have been one of the funniest moments in NBA history. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, he's definitely met Elon Musk. Right? Rudy, Rudy took Gobert. Rudy took the photo. They he just, yeah. like, I, they're like they're like, hey, uh, you're tall. Can you get a good angle of all of us like together? I just remember one of the Utah beat writers uh, telling us. I think it was Sarah Todd saying. I asked her. I was like, yeah, what are the clicks like on the Jazz? And she's like, well, there's two clicks. There's Rudy Gobert, and then there's the rest of the team. <laughs> like, like he just—he was there for a long time and just had no one to hang out with except, I guess, crypto bros in Salt Lake City. I don't know. I'm I'm such a blogger that when you said clicks, I thought you meant like engagement. Oh, I also stories. thought <laughs> Not, that too. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're like, uh, well, I was actually, like, oh, is there like a big Rudy Gobert car? That's the main thing. Is this like an clicks. SEO area that the nation's missing out on? Like, we got to cater more to Gobert Nation. You know, they're getting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, we're not, we're not optimizing our uh, our Twitter graph. I'm gonna have you experiment with that during the playoffs, Sean. I'm gonna have you write like a daily Gobert blog. Uh, okay, great, great. I, yeah. I, I'm absolutely into doing that. Uh, thank you. Um, let's okay, talk about let's, Austin Reeves real quick. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do that now, Harrison. Are Lakers fans excited that Austin Reeves has the highest offensive rating in franchise history? Well done. Well done. Objectively, I'll just say for our listeners, here are the 10 best offensive players in the 76 year history. of the (laughs) Because offensive rating is the the biggest. I I saw this when I was looking up uh, like stats for a Pau Gasol store Hall of Fame story the other day, Mm -hmm. and it blew my mind. Incredible stuff. So number 10 is Andrew Bynum. Mm-hmm. Number nine is Lou Williams. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Number eight is Sam Perkins. Obviously. Number seven, Pau Gasol. Mm-hmm. Number six, Larry Nance Jr. <laughs> Number five, A.C. Green. Number four, Anthony Davis. 
Number three, JaVale McGee. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, Magic Johnson. And number one, with a bullet, Austin Reeves. Now, the I, logo. I, just, <laughs> I have to say this just quickly to get it out there. It's amazing that AC Green is an all time leader in something that involves scoring. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. That was good. That was good. I got to give that to you. <laughs> no, I think uh, the one that jumps out to me the most is like Magic. Like, Magic's the, the really, really good player on that list. And it just like it shows his offensive impact over because most of the time, like most of the guys on that list, they played like one, two years, whatever. They had like mm-hmm. sort of a fluctuation or they hit a high point in certain minutes at small sample size theater. Magic played for the Lakers for what, like 10, 15 years? Yeah, 12, and he has like 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wild. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, Austin Reeves, I, I think Lakers fans are of two minds. There's the ones at the crypt, as we call it, you know, uh-huh. uh, that chant MVP for him. And there's the ones who are furious and said, say that these analytics are the problem with the NBA today because Kobe is not in there. So, yeah. you know, two. <laughs> There's two schools of thought on when I tweeted out that offensive, that offensive rating, Austin Reeves, yeah. clearly the best offensive player in NBA history, including Drew Hanlon, uh, noted NBA trainer chiming in on that with like, this is why these nerds shouldn't have a vote. Uh, you know, <laughs> these are the analytics. I Famously, all the NBA media uses offensive rating to determine uh, that's their mainly MVP what it candidate. Is. Drew Hanlon yeah, that's is why just... DeAndre Jordan has won the MVP so many times. <laughs> Drew and also Hamlin shout out is- JaVale McGee. That's how he got that contract and starting promise from Jason Kidd. <laughs> uh-huh. Jason Kidd had a front row seat for offensive superstar JaVale McGee. And, uh, you know, ha- yep. he needed more of that in Dallas. They they just looked at the first page of like a 55 page report Haralabob made. And they're like, well, <laughs> seems right. I don't really understand these equations otherwise. So I don't know. Everybody Bill Simmons says this guy's smart. I got to, <laughs> you know. It turned out he was bluffing. <laughs> Because he's a poker player. Oh, boo. Uh, I was just going to say, though, Drew Hamlin's just... I thought you said just... fluffing for a second. I'm like, oh, well. Uh. <laughs> Drew Hamlin's just mad that he didn't think to invent any of those uh, those rims made of knives to make his players shoot better yeah, like the lethal, lethal sh- shooter does. Um, yeah, the saw, lethal is eventually going to put the, the lethal in lethal shooter. <laughs> yeah, at some point. Like some player... <laughs> He's going to trap them in a he's basketball jigsaw. He's yeah, going yeah. to trap them in like a bear trap and be like, you have to make free throws to get it's going to be the shack scene from scary movie. Like, like you better you better shoot from this tricycle. <laughs> um, OK, let's talk very briefly about the uh, the heat Hawks mm. plan game, which was briefly exciting. Basically, uh, I called it plan to the rise of Trey. Mm-hmm. Joey. How do you feel about Jimmy Butler, the ultimate I, winner after this game? I actually texted Sean this. I was like, I'm sorry, but uh, look, and again, I know he's got a lot of fans and I love Jimmy Butler. He's great. But Jimmy Butler is no longer the NBA's uh, grittiest winner when you lose to Trey Young. You just I'm sorry. You you lose an elimination to Trey Young. You forfeit the crown as being like the grittiest winning, winning winner ever. Like the the guy who gives you a chance in any series because he's just so gritty. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You lost to Trey Young, a man who the only thing he likes more than pretending to get fouled is getting coaches fired. Um, You lost to a team that clearly hates each other. Like, (laughs) yeah. Now, granted, Trey Young has done a lot of winning. Mm hmm. Yeah. Sure, but, but uh, yeah, it wasn't. He's it also wasn't done a lot of coach firing. 
That's true. That's the ultimate winning. Jimmy you Butler know, just leaves. Jimmy Butler just leaves himself. He doesn't yeah. bother to get the coach fired. He's like, no, I'll I'll go. Like, yeah. You can. You yeah, can Jimmy stay. doesn't waste time with like the passive aggressive. Yeah. Like, eh, I don't yeah, know yeah. about his game plan. Whatever. Jimmy. Jimmy like goes like kicks the roster that you've assembled's yeah. ass with you know the the G League team and then screams that you need yeah. to trade him. Jimmy yeah. yells, "You can't fire him. I quit." Um. <laughs> well, I think that's why Andrew Wiggins like. A real disappointment in Minnesota, but just having that year with Jimmy made him able to tolerate playing with Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and true. That probably like, is well, valuable experience. He's not quite as mean as this guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's not charging me twenty five dollars for coffee. He credits me on his podcast at, at least when stuff goes well. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Like, I, I didn't have to justify myself to Mark Wahlberg, so <laughs> this is okay. Um, okay, so uh, reportedly there was an Elon Musk superfan on Twitter who reported that the Hawks got the green light from uh, the Atlanta Hawks ownership, which means Tony Wrestler's fail son, mm-hmm. to trade Trey Young. Now, the front office denied it, and then Trey Young had a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. My question is, should the ringer have to add a photo of Doge the dog to every page on their site? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Wow, you are trying to get me in trouble. I, no, I, I you uh, don't know. Uh, that's me. That's just me saying this. That's yeah, just no, me that's, saying uh, this. That's you uh, talking. I, I will say that I thought that, you know, all the I thought that just media literacy in our society is so bad that it's like the Hawks assured Trey Young that like there has been no trade talks involving him. Like the report wasn't that there were trade talks involving him. It was that (laughs) they are allowed to consider Trey Young trades. No one said they like called up the Spurs and offer. They're like, hey, you know, I know you gave us Murray. You want Trey back? Like, you know, (laughs) make a deal here. Uh, Like like no one said that they were trying to, you know, make this happen. Uh, They just, Mm -hmm. you know, are allowed to if they desire. Also, if we know anything about the Atlanta Hawks it's if they wanted to trade a guy they would be unable to for three entire seasons and then just extend <laughs> him anyway so you know Joey the weird thing about that plan game though is I was watching I'm like John Collins is really making some plays here yes he's this good is, at I can basketball see, like, like, and I'm kind of like I can see Quinn Snyder really like unlocking this guy and I, it would just be the funniest thing in the world if the Hawks, you know, go through their their Quinn Snyder, Landry Fields, 28-year-old fail son, uh, <laughs> rebrand of the team. And John Collins, it's like John Collins, Okongwu, and Jalen Johnson as the new generation <laughs> of Atlanta Hawks. Oh, and I guess Bogdanovich, who got a big extension. Mm-hmm. Quinn Snyder decided he would not coach another game in the NBA without a Bogdanovich on the floor. So <laughs> they've extended uh, Bogdan for like three more years. He, he definitely thinks he's Bojan's brother, right? Like yeah, he, he does. Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. He's, Even though yeah. they're from different countries, in mm-hmm. fact. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the NBA thinks so. Do you think he's like, when they when they face off against each other, do you think he's like constantly putting it, like, do you think he's like, really trying to make his hair look fluffy in comparison to be like, wow, I don't, I don't have to comb this over at all. Boy, yeah. on, look at this. Look at my, look at me. I just remember look. when Bogdan got drafted, ESPN literally showed video of Boyan oh, highlights. Yes. And the only Man. reason anybody knew is because Warriors great Nemanja Nedovich tweeted, they showed video of the wrong one, sad crying emoji, crying emoji. <laughs> 
That reminds me of when uh, the Kings on accident used a photo of Keegan Murray's twin brother in their uh, in their like NBA draft announcement of uh, taking Keegan. How did they end up with that photo? Like- <laughs> or no, it wasn't it wasn't the Kings. I'm sorry. It was the NBA draft. It was like someone in their production team oh at God. the draft put up on the video board a photo of his. I'm blanking on his brother's name, but Keegan Murray's twin Deegan, brother. Deegan uh, Murray. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. Kel, Kel Murray. This is, their name, yeah. They name their twins Keegan and Kel. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, guys, uh, what do the Heat do now? What should they do? I'll tell you. Uh, you actually, I'll tell you guys what the Heat should do. The Heat should stop messing around with uh, trying to prove they can turn people who aren't in the NBA into NBA players and then just sign some regular NBA guys instead of being like, hey, we found this guy playing at a Juco. He's now our starting power forward. (laughs) Joe, you're missing a really important part of this process is that when they actually do land one of those guys, they then extend him for four years and $80 million. Yeah, that's what I mean. They aren't like... It would be... I'm, I'm with you, Sean. Like, it would be an incredible like, you know, sort of Ponzi scheme, if yeah. they realize that the numbers that these guys put up, it's like, it's because we have like the greatest coaching and player development yeah. and whatever in the world. Like we are just really good at finding guys that have a, one skill set that they can <laughs> sort of contribute to this team. And Spolstra is like kind of a master of putting these puzzle pieces together and figuring out how like Max Struess can be an NBA player, you know, or yeah. Duncan Robinson can be, you know, one of the best shooters in the league and they can hide him enough defensively. But then you don't give him $20 million, yeah. you know, as a one player because you you're let like, the you Minnesota Timberwolves one. give that guy twenty. Yeah, and get dollars. get a sign and trade <laughs> instead of having to lose picks two years after the deal to dump the guy. You get a pick for letting someone else sign that bad contract. Yeah, they're then, better yeah, you, at finding the Ponzi scheme guys than they are at signing the real NBA players. Yeah, you know, like yeah, exactly, demonstrably. <laughs> Just draft a guy, like get the get the thirty eighth pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's oh. Duncan Robinson still podcasting. I, I assume he had to stop, like given how things are going. Yeah, like it seems like like would every guest just be like, "What's going on with you, dude?" It's like I don't know, man. I don't know. Look, Duncan Robinson did break ground though by making Woj tweet out that he had a podcast when he yeah. signed that contract. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I'll give you this scoop, but you have to plug my podcast. Yeah, it's the most Get groundbreaking the... moment in recent years for the NBA. Usually you see guys going like aging down and like, you know, uh, graduating in a high school class earlier. Duncan Robinson is the rare four-year college product who was also a five-year high school mm-hmm. product. And that's almost unprecedented to have a guy who went to like, Exeter, yeah, he or didn't something. want to like, leave Exeter. Yes, uh, <laughs> what if there's one thing I know about Exeter, um, from John Irving books, it's that uh, there are lots of uh, horny old women there, so that's why you stay a fifth year. I mean, that's that's like the path Bill Simmons took to college. Well, Duncan Robinson, we just learned he that we just learned why he got drafted by the Heat, he does have that dog in him, yeah, that's you know? true. <laughs> He took a red shirt year yeah. in high school. To, that's uh, that's to, wild. To dominate yeah. children for longer. <laughs> yeah, and like soft rich boys too. He's like, I can yeah. play against these guys. Duncan Robinson. There's like footage somewhere of Duncan Robinson looking like like prime Hakeem in uh, in like a high school gym. Just <laughs> he's dunking on a guy who now has a MacArthur Fellowship. Yeah, <laughs> bank um, president's sons. 
Okay, Harrison, okay. I have uh, a Lakers yeah. question for you. Yeah. What I'm are ready. Their, what do you how are you feeling? I how are you feeling about their chances for getting LeBron another ring this year? <laughs> getting I still don't he already think the said they're the great. title favorite, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I was being that was semi tongue in cheek in the spirit of this podcast. But um, you know, I, I think they I I don't think the chances are great because it's just they still you know, this team still has to make it through, you know, four playoff rounds, just like everyone else. They have to stay healthy, you know, with their best mm-hmm. two guys who have not shown an ability to do that for a prolonged period of time. And the thing that, frankly, I'm starting to be and, you know, we have made it far enough and made enough jokes in this podcast that there's no way LeBron stands are still listening. But I, yeah. so I can say this like <laughs> at some point, you know, so that they don't send me death threats um, at some point, like we got to talk about him being essentially like the basketball version of a DH at this point, yeah. you know, and teams are going to start to target him a little bit more I think in the playoffs and I am concerned about how that's going to go because I've seen it more down the stretch of the season than I've ever had uh like you know during his Lakers tenure where guys are bringing him out you know to the perimeter and trying to iso and cook him and sort of you know make the old guy at the park you know move his feet laterally a little bit on you know uh, with all due respect to the LeBron James of feet who you know apparently got his foot ready to go you know they're going to test the whether or not you know the LeBron James of feet can hold up in yeah. uh in postseason play as well as LeBron James typically has in past years. And, you know, I'm worried about that. You know, you have to worry a little bit about just sort of, you know, I know I call them the deepest team in the West, uh, but you do have to worry a little bit about some of the supporting cast members. Malik Beasley is... I've been calling him evil KCP because it's like Casey... It's like it's all the foibles of KCP's, like, completely insane you know shot selection Uh a couple times a game but Malik Beasley does it on like you know way more times and he's way less reliable defensively and he's one of the streakiest players I've ever watched and that's like your that's like your shooter that you acquired at the deadline Uh Jared Vanderbilt's like the opposite where he's super reliable defensively but teams just are not going to guard him and that's going to be potentially a problem and so yeah I mean the Lakers have a lot of questions to answer I think that they have the ability to go and get that done but they definitely should not be the favorite Mm -hmm. I was uh, I had a moment when I started to I was not really worried about the Lakers winning the game until maybe the fourth quarter started. I was pretty confident in them. And I realized I hadn't seen Anthony Davis crash to the ground and limp into the locker room or look like he broke anything. And traditionally, the Lakers need that to fire them up and get them real serious (laughs) about playing. So, yeah, learn from the best Paul Pierce. Yeah. Coach um, on the floor. Please do not respect Anthony Davis by uh, comparing him. Yeah. To um, okay. Let's talk about the Lakers and Grizzlies real quickly. Um, sure. I think the biggest question we have is uh, who should Team Morant beef with in this series? Well, we, I, I, I we mean, have the some obvious... options for you. Yeah. Okay. So you, okay. you, you, yeah. you, you tell me. Yeah. We're going to pitch him. You, you yeah, say. Okay. I'm ready. Okay, uh, Joey, let's trade off. Okay, uh, I'll go first. Uh, Lakers sign guy. You know, that that one feel uh, Lakers sign guy, he doesn't actually sit courtside. Like, he's not mm-hmm. that level of rich. Yeah, and so is. I think there's just going to be like a spacing differential where, you know, T's probably going to be closer to the Grizzlies bench. Lakers sign guy is at half court on the other side from where the players sit. Mm-hmm. I just think, you know, spatially, that one's going to like sign guy would have to go out of his way. Or like, you know, usually his signs are very positive about the Lakers. It's not like like John Morant should still be suspended. So if he goes mm-hmm. with that, then maybe, you know, <laughs> like uh, like get, or read the Washington Post, although sign guy, given his politics, definitely does not read the Washington Post. <laughs> um, 
yeah, yeah but that's he all believes I'll say on that, that one. democracy uh, died in the light yeah. when Mike Pence betrayed <laughs> the king of Did America. He almost certainly um, does. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so this that's not a good sign for my second candidate, which is Lincoln Park, because they're sitting in the third deck, as we know. They they don't spring for expensive seats. <laughs> No, yeah, I don't. I don't think that one's again. That I mean, would be R.I.P. Like, Chester that would be like Bennington. A, I mean, Mike Shinola, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the or that bass player who wears headphones. Yes, um, yes. Which I have always claimed he was listening to different music than the one he was playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Jay Moore. See, huh? that one, you know, I, I would say like that one proximity wise, that one feels, you know, pot, like Jay Moore is going to be, you know, like he's theoretically going to be someone that would be milling around. Like he, he generally, again, like they're on the other uh, genie usually sits on the exact opposite side from the Lakers bench, one row behind courtside. So like Jay, if he's there, it's usually in that section. So again, depending on where T Morant sit, like if he sits on that side of the court, it's possible, but it feels like Jay would know that he has too much to lose by getting into that mm-hmm. one. And that would be, you know, like, you know, he's going to leave that to like celebrities that aren't about to become like one of the most powerful figures in the Lakers organization. I, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Jay Moore to make some bad decisions though. I'm yeah. just saying, I don't know um, if you've heard of the uh, show Gary unmarried. Um, Sean. <laughs> yeah. I, I couldn't remember the name of that once. And uh, I referred to it as Morris divorced. Uh, that was, <laughs> Not correct. Um, Not bad. Uh, my next suggestion, uh, Anthony Kiedis and Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So that is that was actually the one that I was going to suggest. Not Flea. Flea, Flea is yeah, very Flea peaceful generally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Flea's good. Anthony Kiedis tried to fight PJ Tucker at one point yeah. uh, during like a Lakers game, a Lakers season opener. So yeah, and he Anthony had a real Kiedis bad like, mustache at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he Anthony Kiedis feels very possible. Yeah, yeah. He he yelled at PJ Tucker and he told him to suck his zoodle doodle zing bang a bong. Yeah, never forget Brandon Ingram in that fight. Like you know, he almost took PJ Tucker's head off. You know, from behind all that. Like he, if he had connected on his like Street Fighter, you know, like Dolphin oh, punch yeah. from fifteen yards away, uh, that one would have been a long suspension for Brandon Ingram. Um, well, you know, yeah. Brandon Ingram knew he had to pr- uh, protect the kings of California, uh, the yeah. Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> um, finally, Green Bay Packers All Pro wide receiver Sterling Sharp. Yeah, Wait, Shannon's that, brother. Yeah, that's Shannon's brother. <laughs> Shannon's. I didn't realize that Shannon's. Uh, Shannon's bringing like a burner fighter. He's like, well, yeah, this, yeah, is, this yeah. was a bad look for me. I'm gonna have my brother fight this yeah, guy, yeah. and then it's sort of like it's on the level of like my brother is fighting John Morant's dad, and that's like the right level of sort of you know inter celebrity you know proxy beef. This is like in the old. This is like in you know like in medieval times when it's like I you know I'm having someone fight as tribute for me, like they are yeah. standing in as my champion. <laughs> And so, you know, Jaw nominates his dad, obviously, his number one hater. And, you know, Shannon <laughs> nominates Sterling. And he's like, Sterling, like, I'll, I'll mention you on, like, the next Undisputed episode or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll let you guess. You know, we're going to get that media career going. And uh, then, you know, but you just have to fight T. Morant. Like, yeah. no, 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 not Usher. The guy that looks like Usher. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Go ahead, Sean. Uh, so uh, Dylan Brooks was quoted this week in saying he wouldn't mind playing LeBron Harrison. Is he going to mind? 
Probably, I think. Yeah, well, I think- no, no, because he's insane. So no, he's not going to mind it. Like even if he gets lit up, like it's not going to change his confidence one iota. Like so, I think the Grizzlies may end up minding him saying that. Yeah. Uh, and LeBron, you know, throughout his career, generally, like these guys that are sort of these irritants, you know, in playoff series, he generally ends up getting the better of them, using their physicality to get them into foul trouble. You know, getting them, you know, ejected or you know, like we've seen it with Draymond. The Le- Le- LeBron's team came back from three one. Because LeBron got Draymond to try and it was a, he tried to kick him in the dick, right? It was, it was, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, it, it's LeBron generally has had success kind of getting these guys out of their game. And I think a big part of the Lakers game plan is going to be like, hey, you know, we are going to be sending extra John Morant. We're going to, you know, be making sure the AD tries to clamp down on JJJ. And we are going to let convince Dylan Brooks that it is Dylan Brooks. Time. <laughs> that yeah. The ESPN Chiron said like the coming up next LeBron James. Dylan Brooks, the showdown everyone's been waiting for. The Lakers want Dylan saying it's Dylan time. Yeah. And and while Desmond Bain waves his arm and it's like, Like uh, wide open guarding me. Austin Reeves is like apologizing. He's like, I'm sorry. They don't value you enough. I, I, you know, you seem like a nice guy. Um, Uh, Okay. So Jaron Jackson Jr. Favorite for defensive player of the year, but he has a problem with uh, fouling. Could that present a problem against the Los Angeles Lakers? Do they have you know, get I'm gonna a favorable whistle? <laughs> yeah, no. And, and even, you know, the Lakers, everybody's talked about the favorable whistle. And again, given the history of the league and, you know, the 2001 playoffs, I totally understand why people are concerned about this and, you know, about the uh, integrity. I am certainly not going to argue that no one should question the integrity of NBA officiating, given, you know, what we know hmm. and, uh, you know, all of that. But it is kind of weird. Austin Reeves shot like 25 free throws a game the last month of the season, I will say. Uh, hey, Just I saying. will not have you. <laughs> You disparage my boy, the ethical grifter. Okay, Austin Reeves. Look up how many and ones he had. This is a guy that he's not out here like Trey Young or James Harden, where he's like twerking for fouls and just like stopping, starting, trying to get someone to just run into him. You know, Chris Paul just chuck up a shot when someone touches your shoulder seventy-five feet from the basket. Like this is Austin Reeves is driving into guys, nearly getting a concussion every single time from blows to the head, mm-hmm. and still finding a way to finish through the contact. So yeah. I, you know, you can say what you will about other guys on the Lakers drawing free throws. I'm not Austin Reeves almost dies seven times a game uh, from the level of contact that he is taking. So I'm not going to disparage that one. JJJ. So could you're saying he's gritty. Problems. He's a gym yeah. rat. He's he's exactly. like a kid out there. Coach I son, think I think know? we aren't. We're underestimating the influence of the Anta Shoe Corporation on NBA officiating because <laughs> they're just trying to get him to the line to show off those AR ones, baby. He's not with. He's not with Anta, is he? Who is I think he that's with? His, isn't that his brand? He it's got a signature Gord. shoe. No, it's a it's a different it's a different it's a uh, different Chinese company that we didn't know we couldn't we couldn't we didn't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. Oh I well, believe. you're right. It's uh, it's, it's like rigor, rigor. That's right. Rigor, yeah. rigor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he, so I apologize. Or ender ones. Uh, you know. Well, now we're now we're in trouble. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, um, while we're talking JJJ, about briefly, while we're talking about rigging. Uh, games. I saw a lot of Timberwolves fans saying that uh, they felt like that game last night was rigged against them. And I am going to say, yeah, you know what? They're right. Adam Silver definitely made them trade their entire team for Rudy Gobert. And that is why. And, you know, Adam Silver, he told Carl Anthony Towns, like, look, you're I'm going to let you guys win the second play in game, but you need to get your fourth foul shoving Anthony Davis to the ground while trying to get a rebound. It's, you know, it's fine. Yeah. 
Oh um, my gosh. Anyway. Uh, let me tell you what. Uh, oh, the other, the other thing, sorry. Uh, obviously we like conspiracy theories, but uh, the, the Lakers were running such a weird offense this year when they had to play Russell Westbrook and LeBron James together, mm-hmm. where it was like an early eighties offense where they just went to the rim over and over again, but it was literally because no one on the floor could shoot. Yeah. And that is going to distort the numbers a little bit because Mm -hmm. of that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And you know that uh, to say, and Anthony Davis has generally done a good job of drawing fouls on other bigs throughout his, or at least, you know, uh, during the time I've watched him closely, actually one of his first kind of big games with the Lakers after that trade was against Jaron Jackson Jr., a much younger version, but AD, I think went to the line 28. He set like a record for like most free throws made without a miss. He went to the line like 28 times. It was like an early 2019 game. um, And it was against mostly like JJJ and that Grizzlies front court and so again like that's typically the types of bigs that he has done a pretty good job establishing himself against because he is you know he's crafty he's got like other than when he travels he's got like a pretty good pivot foot and you know Mm -hmm. quick feet and uh like good sort of footwork stuff and so yeah i do think that uh that is potentially going that's one of the sort of if the lakers win the series that's going to be a matchup they're going to have to really exploit because i think that that's kind of one of their best ways to attack this grizzlies team are you worried about the g league rookie of the year Kenneth Lofton Jr. Uh, playing, getting some run for the Grizzlies. How could you not be? I yeah, mean, the forty-two point game, <laughs> first time after he scored it. Yeah, Ken- Kenneth Lofton Jr. is what is what like the NBA media tried to convince us Zion is. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. he's just <laughs> guy who would fit right in on the Lakers too. Just bowling ball, going to the rim, just another six, catapult six, round they can fire. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. He just wins at every level too, Joey. I, I I need to see one possession of Austin Reeves guarding him just for oh. just for like the pictures we could yes. get. Yes. I want to talk about one more thing just before we get out of here. We can, sure. we can be brief on this. Harrison, you deal with a very intense group of fans, but is this year the most toxic year ever for fandom and awards? The the fans of the Bucks, the Sixers, and Nuggets basically ran political attack ads from like January 1st on against the other MVP leaders. I guess this leads me to ask, has the league caught up to Laker Nation? You know, I'm going to say yes, I think so. I I think, you know, again, originally, like, you know, uh, Laker, you know, uh, being semi-serious here, I don't know that Lakers fans are necessarily more toxic than any other fan base. I think they have about the same percentage of toxic fans. There's just a way bigger fan base. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like when you say something bad about the Grizzlies, you get like two or three people sending you death threats where like, you know, when you say (laughs) something bad about the Lakers, you get like 300, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just like it's just proportionally it is a much larger, you know, like a of angry people that are, you know, sort of putting their whole livelihood and uh, personality into this team being considered the best, even if they hate them and tweet that they make them want to die. It's like, no, but mm-hmm. you can't say that. Um, and so, yeah, but this is by far the most toxic I think it's ever been. You know, just the fact that the MVP discussion on every single national podcast is just basically voters like pleading with fans that it's like, hey, it's difficult. Like, please don't tweet out pictures <laughs> of my children. Like, I'm really sorry. Like, all of these guys are good please yeah. <laughs> like I'm, i i you know i just love basketball and i really yeah. wanted to cover it and <laughs> you know so yeah i i think it's uh it's certainly reached uh you know like prime uh like kobe nation levels of uh discourse my my question is is this daryl Morey's fault because i kind of think that with james harden on the rockets the rockets were like 
a state media organization, mm-hmm. like sending out dossiers about how he was better than Giannis or Russell Westbrook. And then he moved that to Philly, mm-hmm. which just has such a stew of, of angry fans that it like, it like supercharged it. You know what I mean? Like it, it, he, he, he split the Dr. Manhattan yeah, crazy he fan. Gave them, he Adam. gave them the big, the big D batteries to throw. I was going to say they the, did. Like, yeah, I thought it was weird they when they did, more. when they handed out Duracell batteries on media appreciation <laughs> night. Um, but you know, Hey, <laughs> he sprinkled a little bit of angel dust on their cheese steak where these people who had been semi ironically celebrating mm-hmm. the process and Sam Hinkie. And then they had something, they, they were given a real enemy. That wasn't uh, a weird retired nerd. Yeah, uh, I, wa- I want to say just one more thing, and we can get out of here. Um, uh, speaking of fan bases, I made the biggest mistake. Uh, the angriest people have ever gotten me uh, at me for something I wrote for Golden State of Mind was I think I know I, which article you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I wrote about uh, Jason Tatum's playoff routine and other ways he was going to emulate Kobe Bryant which was like jumping onto two electric third rails <laughs> yes. at the same time, which is like, yeah, Kobe and the Boston Celtics favorite son. And I mean, mainly it was the Kobe aspect of it, I think, mm-hmm. but that was the one where people like questioned my character the most, I think. I have never received more emails. Uh, you know, again, I've only been in this job overseeing the team sites for a year. I've never received more emails about a team blog from complaining fans than that one. Uh, so yeah. you did set a high for that one. <laughs> and this I was, was a year like, ago now, so I can tell you without it sounding like a threat. You know, no, 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 but, like, it, but you even know. when I wrote it, I was like, this is pretty lighthearted. And then I started to yeah. see the comments. And I'm like, oh, no. I, I read it and I thought it was funny. And then I checked my email and it's like, how can you, this is journalistically irresponsible. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. But it's, know. I think the Celtics might be the worst to write about because I've also gotten some very angry people for just, I, I said that Boston tended to have white players and that also was just a flurry of anger where I wasn't even criticizing anything. I was like, Hey, it seems like these guys like Peyton Pritchard. And well, I, was like, I, yeah, I made them, I have, <laughs> made the mistake of upsetting uh Celtics nation before. And uh, yeah. I feel like because of like Celtics blog, we, you know, I have a pretty good, I've reached a peace with Boston fans, yeah. or at least I blocked yes. all the ones that want to kill me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, at one point, a couple of years ago, they uh, like went after my wife on Twitter over uh, something that I had said and like, attack. so yeah, it's uh yeah. When- fandom fandom's in a bad place. It's in a bad yeah. place. There are a lot of angry people in a lot of different fan bases. A few years ago when, um, <clears throat> Uh, the Thunder were trading for all those draft picks. I tweeted a joke about the Celtics having all those draft picks. And I'm being like, you might think you won now, but uh, don't worry. You're just going to end up with uh, RJ, uh, RJ Barrett or whatever. Not RJ Hampton. I forget which yes. one. And like Romeo Hampton. Langford. Yeah, I picked and Romeo Langford. Yeah, I picked like random Celtics guys and. Celtics fans who are my friends online, like Sam and a bunch of those guys, <laughs> were in my mentions. Like, oh, do you forget Jason Tatum exists? <laughs> like, they well, just you know, can't look, we don't it. need to get started on Sam being an insane person. You know, 
<laughs> man's a lunatic. <laughs> He's the best kind of lunatic. All right. Yeah. This, we love we love you, weird Celtics Twitter. Yeah, I don't, I don't we mean love to, weird Celtics Twitter. They're, and again, it was me, I, me too. Yeah, I me made too. the please, mistake with that article. Please do not, I was no, in the wrong. I, I love you. Uh, don't yeah. please don't tweet at my wife again. Um, I, <laughs> Uh, that is going to be the title of this episode. Please don't tweet at my wife again. Um, all right. Uh, I think that's our episode. Harrison, where can our listeners find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter still at, uh, at HM Fagan. I feel like I got to add that addendum every single time now. Like, yeah, I'm still, I'm not paying for it, but I'm still there. You know, Mm -hmm. I still, uh, you know, uh, so yeah, to uh, Twitter at HM Fagan. And then obvious, and then also I will be, uh, writing about the team, uh, the Lakers, uh, which we discussed for some of this episode at silver screen roll. And then obviously, you know, if you listen to this NBA podcast, chances are you have a favorite NBA team. Otherwise I would, I'm very confused why you're here. And if you do, uh, we most likely have a blog covering them, uh, including golden state of mind so uh you know just make sure that if your team is in the playoffs like you check out sb nation's continuing coverage both the team site level and nationally Hell yeah. uh sean what would you like to plug uh i'll be closing out the san francisco punchline on april 25th and i'll be judging the san francisco regional of the u.s air guitar competition on april 22nd uh, you can also read me at giants baseball insider now that the baseball season has started with some um, uh, golden state of mind boys and again, uh, we did mention FanDuel several times this episode. So again, if you're in Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Illinois, 1-800-GAMBLER, or text ILGAM to 833-234, Indiana, 1-800-GAMBLER, Louisiana, 1-877-770-STOP. Uh, the Tennessee Red Line, New York, text Hope NY or eight se- or call eight seven seven eight Hope NY. I don't know how they read it this fast. I thought I was going to be able to read it faster. Um, <laughs> Hope NY is so depressing. That's just yeah. such a depressing <laughs> name for the hotline. <laughs> um, and then also, as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz. Where um, this week at some point I tweeted. Uh, four days ago, I tweeted, I miss my at Ford Mustang race car. Is it Talladega yet? Question mark at Ford performance. Um, actually, yeah, no, uh, no, actually we're on three twenty six twenty three. This is a much funnier one. I tweeted, I just got a paper cut in my paper cut from yesterday. Hashtag FML. And then in parentheses, Frankie Muniz's life. Don't even understand how that's possible. <laughs> Trust the process. Trust the process. And uh, shut it down. Let's all just send Rudy Gobert home forever. Yeah. <laughs> there was a white guy. A unicycle guy who controlled the playa. Got hit by $12 million a year from Milwaukee and Atlanta. This Plumlee's gone to heaven. 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 Denver's backup guy 
He sunked in Portland. Now Nurkic is their guy. And if his brother gets tickets, if the Akars are sick, then the man is gonna burn. It's no concern. I've got some Molly. This Plumlee's gone to heaven. 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 Rock me, Miles. If Miles is fine, if Miles is fine, if Miles is fine, then Mason is six, then Mason is six, Mason is six, Mason is six, and if Mason is six, then Marshall seven, then Marshall seven, then Marshall seven, this Plumlee's gone to heaven. This Plumlee's gone to heaven. Contracts have no incentives. Likes lucky number seven. Bumbling like Lieutenant Frank Drebin. Eats lunch at 7-11. Plays basketball with aggression. Stats vulnerable to progression. This Plumlee's gone to heaven. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.